Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. Today is a special one and for so many reasons, but I also have interviewed Christopher Renfirm and Renfirm, I said that wrong, and Hilary Sukunos a few times, either for the regular one or for the, the Patreon page. But to have you both together is exciting for me. And also because you have been working closely on a project that has got me excited to, for my own and inner what? Education. My words are not going out so well today. Education, but also I want to share this with my dancers that don't really know this, this history of Josephine Baker and cabaret in particular. And just that there's so much education that gets left out when people go to school to do dance history. We, you know, we get some of it, but I don't know that Josephine Baker, I think it's usually like a little blip on the history on the timeline. And so I feel like this really needs a lot more attention. And I really want to focus today on what you have been up to with Cabaret Diversity Network as far as Josephine Baker of getting her elevated to the status that she should be. So I'm basically just going to turn it over and let you guys just talk. And I will only ask if it's something that, you know, that I'm super curious and I can't wait, but I have a feeling you're going to nail it because you've been doing this a lot lately of, of educating people and sharing your information and your heart. So welcome, Christopher. Welcome, Hillary. And you can choose who goes first, and I'll just sit and just soak this all in. I will um, <clears throat> I will lead by saying it's been a true uh, privilege and an honor to uh, have started Cover Diversity with being so inspired by Josephine Baker. It really all started with the inspiration of Josephine because she was such an, she, yeah, she was just such an extraordinary, extraordinary woman and human being, um, a woman of color that was not afraid to show her, her color, her culture, um, her opinions um, on her sleeves. And she was, she never ever, what I have um, researched about her, she never ever apologized for being herself. And uh, she did it with a smile and with, it was effortless. And uh, that really drawn, I think both of us to her. Um, and it's just so beautiful how she as a cover artist evolved to become a superstar into a civil rights activist, into a spy. Um, so yeah, I mean, where to start? <laughs> well, Henry, we can start we can... with our very first social media post. Christopher and I founded Cabaret Diversity Network in October, 2020, or September, mm -hmm. 2020. And the very first coming soon was Josephine Baker. And Christopher said, this is the soul and spirit of our entity to unite and celebrate, uplift, advocate, and spread the news about the history and legacy of diversity in the genre of cabaret. And fast forward to May of 2021, Cabaret Diversity was having their first photo shoot. It was a beautiful event. Uh, many collaborators, uh, Revarte, with whom you've uh, also interviewed with, 
uh, was there supporting and supporting with costumes. And we added a, a beautiful cast of dancers uh, to reflect the mission of cabaret diversity. And during that photo shoot, we had, of course, uh, Shanice uh, Sloan dressed as Josephine Baker in the banana skirt. And also there was a dancer, Melissa Seek, who you may have interviewed as well, she shared with the group after the photo shoot had finished, everyone was feeling so warm in their hearts, so uh, happy to be part of a community that they are understood, that understands them, that aligns with their values, and to be creating something like a force for good um, together in the Paris dance community. So Melissa shared a news, uh, uh, a news clip about this writer, Laurent Kupferman, he's a French writer, and in 2008, he began a petition, a petition that supported and asked the president of France to initiate Josephine Baker into the Pantheon. So right now, uh, there's 81 people in the Pantheon, half of which <clears throat> Napoleon put there himself. And the other half has been post-mortem um, since uh, Napoleon Bonaparte uh, passed away, and he's the biggest figure in the Pantheon. There are 75 men, and now there are six women. Josephine is now among them. Back in May, there were five women. So we learned about, uh, as a group, Cabaret Diversity, learned about Laurent Kupferman's efforts, a petition in 2008. And immediately the group started chatting, spearheaded by Christopher and Shanice Sloan, said, we have to put on a performance in support of this petition right now. It was May 7th. In 48 hours, Christopher and Shanice had gathered the costumes, a vintage women's military outfit with all three medals that uh, Josephine had been awarded for her valor. And we contacted the press and we put a pop-up performance in front of the Pantheon. We had Simone Rivarte film it. We created a film and we spread it out to all of our community saying, sign this. If you are a dancer in cabaret, sign this. And it just exploded and we it was just an amazing pop-up performance for cabaret diversity a triumph for our community and a huge awareness builder for this movement of course none of us would think that you know four or five months later president emmanuel macron would indeed accept this petition and you know two months three months later she would be inducted into the pantheon so I feel very proud along with Christopher and our, our colleagues and supporters and collaborators to be involved with this movement and supporting of it and giving it visibility before the induction and before the official announcement, you know, the people who, who understood uh, the vision before. Yeah, it was, so. it was uh, to complement that, it was, it was such a, as, as Hillary was describing it, it was a, a very, uh, rapid, a very fast process. It was, it was an idea that came about literally, yeah, 48 hours before we pulled it off. We, um, because Hillary was not in Paris at the moment. So me and Shanice, Shanice decided to stay over at mine and we, uh, we were brainstorming for two weeks. So during this the, the 48 hours and afterwards, she just stayed at my house and we were just brainstorming and working on so many projects and so many ideas. And uh, we were on the phone with Hillary and we said, we have to do this, right? And Hillary said, yes, I'm gonna contact the press. We are gonna make it work. We had to, we had, we were on 
on, 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 on the computer uh, phone calls. It was so hectic, but so amazing and magical at the same time. Um, I choreographed the uh, solo in uh, a friend's house because we needed space, a friend, uh, a friend of uh, Shinny Sloan. And um, it just came about so well. And um, the love, appreciation and respect and um, the understanding how important this was, was just instant. Everyone was behind us and, uh, and it, 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 it was just magic. It was true magic. Yeah, it made a lot of sense. It really resonated and it was the moment to resonate after the events mm. of 2020, artists with a lot of time on their hands and a lot of energy to move things forward in 2021 before the reopenings. Um, and so the result of that pop-up performance was a magazine cover. So a magazine, print magazine, local to Montmartre in Paris, uh, was just as thrilled about the story as we were. We worked with the illustrator uh, Bahar Sayedin to create a fantastic illustration of Josephine on the front. And it was the main cover story and my first cover story and print article in Paris. And this magazine and the posters are still living on. We have them signed by- Right behind you. I know, I know, I recognize it, it's behind you. Yes, and we'll send you the photo and we can send you the print. Um, and along the video, you can visit our website, cabaretdiversity.com. You scroll down, you'll see the full video of the event, um, which is really stirring. And because we were ahead of this wave, when November happened, November was an amazing month. We called it the month of Josephine. And almost every night, there was a party, a celebration, an invite, a VIP event. We heard there really wasn't much going on in Paris. So the timeline is August, the news breaks that Josephine had won or had gained the entry into the Pantheon by Macron's choice. We had just begun the reopening rehearsals for Lido. We were all together. I wanted to stand up and shout it out to the whole company like, <laughs> this is important. It's validating for women, for showgirls, for artists, for dancers. Uh, she's so many firsts. She holds the title of so many firsts, um, first performing artist, first singer, uh, first American born woman, first woman with uh, African heritage. And she also has other heritage of Native American heritage and Hispanic heritage. And she's uh, her identity in, is, is broad. Um, we, we curated a costume display at the American Democrats Abroad Gala, which was called Josephine Baker in All Her Colors to reflect the multidimensionality of her identity that just resonates now. And she's a hundred years later, she's a talked about figure. People are still celebrating her and France, they had already named a Metro, uh, dedicated a Metro station after her. And what else, Chris, there's a street being named after her. Yes. There's more and more things being, so it's not going to stop. This is, uh, we have the, um, the NAACP in America, I think in 1968, they named May 20th Josephine Baker Day in America. Not very well observed. But here in, in France, I can definitely feel that there's so much naming and celebrating and energy around Josephine. There's tours you can contact um, a gentleman called Brian Bagley. He does tours of 
Josephine Baker's historic sites, the, the bar that she owned and the theater she performed at, um, you know, has a collection of memorabilia and artifacts. So it's just going to grow now that she is part of the uh, highest uh, honor in all of France. It, it, she was already an icon, but it makes her a national icon immortalized in France. And what that does to French-American relations, it's a really wonderful thing, how it unifies people with broad identities or any lost lambs who, who need someone to, to look up to. So November was excellent because cabaret diversity, the entity really got to uh, move. It was, it's a vehicle for exactly these events. We attended a, a panel discussion with some amazing prominent speakers and performers and thinkers. We were able to ask questions and make connections, share the magazine article, create our own event, uh, learn about more authors, connect more people to us and us to the greater community, Paris International, learn about more Americans, about more artists who have come here following in the steps of Josephine Baker, um, curating events, uh, making ties to the US Embassy, which we hope to grow and, and to see where that, where that seed can lead us. Um, it was a thrilling month, uh, to say the least. Mm -hmm. I, do, <clears throat> I do have a question. Because um, in your interview, Christopher, you talked about how she started out in America and was not embraced. Yes. And then the difference of Paris. And I would love, even though people listen to it, hopefully some people who've never listened to any of this or don't even know what bluebells are, this matters for so many reasons. It matters for those of us who call ourselves bluebells of why you know we are linked through Josephine Baker through Cabaret, but also the the American attitude towards race or or entertainment even like Paris has like you said more of a, everything is Cabaret was a way to expand everything inclusion on all on sexuality and color and I think you hit on some things that really made me pay more attention to the foundations of Cabaret and why you know in the 80s I'm still part of this legacy that goes back and it Josephine is, has. It is very beautiful because um, as we, um, a, um, a um, what's the word I'm looking for? A reporter found cover diversity and wrote an article about cover diversity in a very big magazine. Well, it's not even, it's a newspaper called um, uh, the Volkskrant. It's one of the biggest newspapers in Holland. For some reason, she came across uh, Cover Diversity and interviewed us. And she had the same question. Um, she asked, what happened? What, why did Josephine Baker come to Paris, come to France? And why was she so appreciate, highly appreciated? And what happened in America? And why wasn't she appreciated there? Why wasn't she a big star there? Well, I think that it was true. It was meant to be, it was fate. So Josephine Baker came to um, Paris with a group uh, called uh, Ensemble or Group de Nigre. So it's a, it was a big group with black, black performers, um, but yet she stood out. 
she was one of the performers in the big group of so many people of color but she was even in the illustrations you could see how people viewed Josephine was very very different than the rest of the ensemble what is very interesting it was it just star power was it something about Josephine Baker her smile something that I really relate to her she was not afraid to again to be herself so she came from America not being appreciated segregation was was huge in this time. Um, she was not, uh, so if she performed in, 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 in black bars or she didn't like that segregation. It, she, she didn't like the fact that either if she performed only black people could see her or only white people could see her. So when she came to Europe, uh, to France and she was um, able to actually have a voice, she said, I am not performing in a theater where only white people can enter. I want a theater where anyone and everyone can see me, see me perform. So she was not scared to, to stand up for equality. Um, what is just so inspiring for, we're talking about the 20s, the 30s. This is just very, like, she was so beyond her, her time. So... Um, this woman was just so revolutionary in so many ways and so in inspiring. Um, and I think that this is why so many people relate to her, especially now. Um, and I think that she is maybe, she was underappreciated and I'm so glad that we are, and so many people are now coming more aware of such a legend and icon this woman is um, because she has, uh, hold, held this torch for so long um, of being a woman of color, being a woman, don't, we cannot forget that as well, in the 20s, 30s, 40s, being a woman uh, in power. And she used the power. She wasn't afraid to say something. Um, why was she so special? She was a genius. <laughs> she was super talented. Um, her first dance that is most famous in the banana skirt it's basically a little she is laughing with the audience because it's very stereotypical and some black people have questioned it like why did she dance in a banana skirt uh, made out of banana artificial bananas it's very much this idea of the black people coming from the forest rainforest you know looking like monkeys eating bananas and she says, this is what you think we are. I am going to show it, but with glamour, glitz and glamour. And I'm going to make fun of it, but enjoy it. Take the spotlight. She was one of the most, um, uh, uh, most the best well-paid artists of, the, of her time. So that shows that she was smart. She, she took something, a stereotypical idea, and she said, I am gonna roll with it and I'm gonna become famous with it. Um, she was wearing Chanel outfits, one of the first uh, women of color with these, these, these fashionable outfits. And she became from dancer to singer to civil rights activist to spy. Uh, I mean, it's, um, it's so inspiring to me. If I, could, if I could chime in, because yeah. we explored this question in the interview with the Dutch paper, and it's a fun question to explore, and I would encourage listeners to 
watch videos of Josephine and you will see this magic because she was not alone in her um, civil rights activism. There were many artists of her time and before her time and after her time that have asked to play to non-segregated uh, theaters and they were refused or they had trouble or killed their career. Many were not successful. So what was it about Josephine? This is a question so I encourage people, one, to watch uh, her performance. And two, also, she was not a singer, just. She was not a writer. She was not a poet. She danced and cabaret is the medium of the body. And this is why it's important that dance is validated in the Pantheon as an influential art form, an influential part of French culture and our culture, our shared culture through French universalism and values. Dance is visibility. The body is visibility. And in cabaret, the body is, is uh, revealed. The skin is revealed. The form is revealed. It's celebrated. It moves. It transmits energy. This is something that you don't hear this on a radio. The voice is very powerful. So I think it's very validating as women, women artists, cabaret artists, black artists, any artist who uh, is a minority or has something to say that dance is a very powerful medium in the way that she is a genius. She used it. She is like a chameleon the way she changed her identity and adapts to different groups of people and wafted her way up through society. Because also it should be known that the arts and dance is a way to climb the social ladder. It always has been for artists, for women, especially in the last 100 years, 150 years. It's very powerful. And why I think Josephine is such a, a powerful symbol because she has so many facets combined that create something that words cannot express because she used this artistic medium in a way that still resonates and that resonated then throughout the many chapters of her career when she in, uh, spoke in Washington, um, in the March on Washington, she wore her French military outfit with her medals, people were looking at her like, who is this woman? America didn't, did not, and still, even after she was inducted into the Pantheon, America was like, oh yeah, that happened. How rude. Mm. He was mm. an American born national, a superstar. And she laid the, the groundwork for all the other female superstars in entertainment uh, with her skin tone and with her nationality and with her style and with the genre of cabaret that is still so popular today. And you can see echoes of it everywhere. So it's, it's almost like some things haven't changed. If you just take Josephine then and now, and then still so many things. Um, so she's going to be a figure that will be continued to be talked about and painted and celebrated. And we're happy that we're, we're one of those entities mm -hmm. that are a, a living part of that legacy. And what I also think is so beautiful about Josephine as, uh, as we have been speaking about her, um, she was an artist first. And I think this is something that uh, is being pointed out. And, and I think that we have been trying to um, focus on that point as well. We have been saying, don't forget Josephine Baker is and will always be and has always been an artist. She was in the front lines um, helping in the Second World War um, 
but she was she started out as an artist as a cabaret artist and she when she uh retired she came back to the stage before she passed away she was the last well you know this is what people say like the, one of her last evenings her last performances before she passed away she she performed she sang and this is just so beautiful about her i think that she is a true artist at heart and she she never let let go of that side of her um, and on top of that, what I think is also so extraordinary is that she adopted 12 children and they were all from different countries, different continents, and they all grew up as brothers and sisters. And she wanted that and said, this is, this should be a reflection of what the world should look like. We're all brothers and sisters, no matter where you come from, no matter what you look like, no matter what your skin complexion is, we are all one. And these things just for me personally as a human being i think wow this is what we all should feel and think and want in the world this vision she was a visionary um i just think it's just so uh, so inspiring to to underscore what christopher said i'm glad cabaret diversity exists and we are a voice in this conversation and in in, in a voice in the room because there's some criticism in France to downplay her identity as an artist uh, and to, to elevate her role uh, in the World War II, which of course is paramount to fight for freedom, of course, to dedicate her, her life, her wealth, her name, her influence uh, for, to the freedom movement and then her civil rights activism in the States and then her continued identity as a, a force for unity. There is some talk that in France that in the ceremony when they talked about Josephine, they talked heavily on those aspects while we talk heavily on her identity as a woman and as an artist and as a dancer and as a topless dancer and as a glamorous dancer and as a, a fashionista because we know these elements are important for our society. We are watching, it makes a difference. So also does the layers of her, you know, not every artist is an activist and so on and so forth. But Josephine stood out and I'm glad that we can be here in our writing and in our posts and in our future events to say we are artists and she was an artist and look at the influences dance to have this high honor it's very important hmm. i posted a, a few uh, photos of her and did a thing when we were doing black history month and i was picking a different either um, dance company or person and i had so many pictures of her but the one of her topless was flagged but it's interesting if you did a painting of her nude it would be different than if it was actually like a real body so it just kind of even shows the attitude towards that because I don't think I realized that she that she had performed topless mm. and I don't, I don't know if in France that would have been scandalous because that's what cabaret has been um I don't no, know if your take at, on that not at not at all and that that was the, the, the I think that's the beauty of it all um how she was because actually we had a question about that in in one of our events um she was topless she had her bananas skirt her artificial bananas and she was topless and she had these gorgeous a uh, necklace with beads around her neck and um 
her first performances, she was topless and it was celebrated and it was, it was seen as, as beauty, you know, it's the, the female body. But later on, and, he, and a lot of people that have impersonated her have worn a bra. Um, and that, again, that is a, a, that is a very interesting an interesting thing and also, also the choice of her wearing shoes she was always wearing shoes or heels so so she was very smart and she was showing that even though that she's dancing half naked that there's class glamour chic it was not just and this is this is what a showgirl is this is what we know best right we us showboys and showgirls we know she knew how to dress um dress up the performance and it was glamorous it was it was never seen as primitive because a lot of people sometimes confuse nudity with, prim with, with, with being primitive especially when you are black and then when you have a, some sort of like a, a theme that is maybe like foresty like what you see a, a lot when you the, the first thing that people want to go for when it's a, a, an African tableau or a black tableau it has to be this this yeah this like uh, jungle jungle vibes um, and then some people might confuse it for, for primitive, but that's, that's not the case at all if you dress it up in, in a way. And this is what Josephine always did. Um, she was uh, the first female black movie star in French film, am I right? Yes. And was so that Prin this Princess Tam Tam or no? I just watched that yeah. one. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, Josephine understood the body politic that's the phrase we've used today in the university, uh, how black women were seen in media. And again, she elevated <laughs> because she, is, she, can, she was always herself. I don't think she submitted to what the outsiders and what the, whatever nation she was in wanted her to be. Mm. She, she knew she was more and she brought the audience with her. Mm. They wanted her to do the dance sauvage in a banana skirt in the jungle topless. She transformed that. And then soon she was in real pearls being dressed by the finest designers and was the second highest paid woman in France. And, and again, it goes to the question, why Josephine? Why is she special? Watch her films and, and discover her. The, the photos can maybe become a cliche without saying, well, what's, what's underneath the surface of this? Mm -hmm. um, I think culturally, like living in France, they have a different, they embrace artists uh, differently. They have different mentality when it, it comes to um, heritage and notions of race and things like this. And I think that's probably the, the difference, of course, obviously between her success here and her, her struggle in America. You know, she refuted her American citizenship. She was pretty much kicked out of the country. She was so angry, so offended. She says, no, I'm French. Mm. <laughs> because her, and it's a, I think it's a shame on America. Mm -hmm. and, and it's a continual shame that France has now honored her. And there's some question is like, oh, did, was France too late to honor her? I don't know the answer to this, but it's, well, I'm glad they honored her now. Um, no. it's also in the political 
seen in France, Macron is up for re-election. So an easy comment uh, or jab would be like, oh, he's doing this move to appease people in a political stunt or theater, political theater to for his election. I believe that this move is going to be, it's bigger than Macron's election, re-election. It's bigger than the moment that we're living in now. It will have repercussions, just like Marie Curie is still talked about. Yeah, you know, she's in the Pantheon and it's elevating her. So I don't know where my stream of thought's going. <laughs> I, I do have a question because I'm coming in April. I bought my ticket, so it's no longer just a, wow. I hope, so excited. And the one thing I do want, I do want to go to the Pantheon. So what does it, all I remember was like, the part was more like the medical hospital and more like of the history of the different wars, but where Napoleon is, that feels like a very, that's the rotund, is that what they call that? That where is, where is she and what does it look like in there to see, to come visit this? What will we, wait, do you have to search for this or is it something obvious? That's a good question. Um, so her, her actual body is in Monaco where she was buried. Princess Grace, an American actress who married into the royal royals of Monaco, took care of Josephine um, when she had some fiscal uh, troubles. Um, that's what took care of her burial as well. The family, there was a big debate in the Josephine family with the, the siblings. Well, no, uh, you know, she belongs in, in Monaco with this wonderful woman and, um, you know, an American woman. Again, the, the, the crossover, American-French relations. So they have, um, they had in the pantheonization ceremony, they had a, a casket that was walked. And it's a really uh, beautiful, touching ceremony and speech that you, I believe you can view online. Um, so that was symbolic. She was mm. really in there. Um, and I don't know if she's in the main rotunda. We'll have to look that up and put up uh, with you. I, there was a couple conversations about this, but I didn't get the clear answer. Yeah, I'm not sure if she's in 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 the the main main um, hall, let's say. But um, apparently, it's very beautiful. I have not got gotten this chance to see it yet. Um, but this is definitely something that is on our list to go and see. <laughs> when I come to Paris, two things like besides seeing all the shows and the sites, I want to go to where Miss Bluebell's marker is because I've mm. seen people take pictures. And when I was there before, I, I, she didn't mean quite as much to me as she does now from doing the podcast and hearing more stories and hearing and reading her book. And then Josephine's is the other. And even though these women, you know, probably were on some of the same stages at different times, how much what Josephine did affects what happens when, when Cabaret comes on with Miss Bluebell. And also I read Miss Bluebell's story about what happened during the war and, and read Josephine's book. And I read a uh, naked heroine of just what was happening in Cabaret with the Nazi occupation, like the show was still happening. And so when, when she was performing, I don't know if you know what theaters or theater she was in because the, you know, the thing, things were still happening, was she still performing at that time she, when she was a spy, right? That's what she used her performance backdrop. She, she was touring, is that right, Chris? And then she yeah, had to she go in exile to yeah. protect herself. And then uh, they reported her dead. 
Mm. Uh, she was hiding out in North Africa for about four years because she was she was wanted. Wanted. She performed for the troops wow. in North Africa. She did take very ill. And despite her illness, she performed for the troops. Again, requested non-segregation uh, for the performances there. Um, but before that, I believe she was touring. Before that, she was a pilot as well. <laughs> she was also working. <laughs> she was also actually like being part of the war. So this is the this is the, the the very interesting contradicting side of like she was actually active and dancing, and then she had to flee and she had to hide. So it it was it, it was a very very uh, interesting um, time for her, and and to read about it, it's just so interesting. It just to me, it's. Um, it's almost, it's like a heroine. It's almost like she's a superhero. Yeah. Well, I just, I got, I almost got my pilot's license way back when I was in my twenties and it's a lot of work. And I'm trying to think, cause I also, you know, I did shows at night and I could study in the daytime, but when did she have time to go get her pilot's license to be at the state that she could actually do it for right? the war? It wasn't like a private little plane in your little, you know, strip. She was like, war just i'm like when did she have time or how where i don't know if you know her story of that like where she even goes decides to do this and how i i think that it it it, it is something that um as uh, hillary was saying earlier it's that star power that she had this this is where it all started so she was a performer and she was always present with 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 very important admirals and, and important people, right? And this is when she got the opportunity to become a spy and to actually give the intelligence, all of the information. I am not 100% sure how she got to this point, how, because it, I think because she was such a superstar and she had this charisma, uniqueness, nerve and talent. She had this something, she could be in the room and she could, and people saw her as harmless. So this is where I think it all started. And then um, I think she just then became uh, part of, because she was a spy, became part of, became part of the army and then uh, in, in the military and then learned how to fly and all that kind of stuff. I am not 100% sure how that exactly went, but um, yeah. So I want to touch on some future events that we hope to hold. We've met a lot of Josephine Baker biographers and mega fans and collectors and storytellers and um, also the son of Josephine Baker. It has a book coming Brian out. Baker. Lauren Cooperman, uh, yeah, Brian Baker and Lauren Cooperman. He has another collection of his essays coming out. Um, so like you have done as a model for your listeners is to read about her. We're really excited. We talked about having some book signing events. We were the Cabaret Diversity had an event on November 30th. We're calling the official after party of the Pantheonization. Um, there was a party at the Casino de Paris uh, where she sang at that had a lot of mm. wonderful uh, stars and VIPs and several of them came to our party, which gathered the dancers, active dancers from the cabaret community in Paris. We had our posters, we had little games, Christopher put together trivia. We had a lot of fun. We showed the film and we gave out door prizes. 
people were over the moon signing the photo, having each other sign the photo. Uh, Non-dancers were there. Oh my gosh, who are these dancers? I want the poster. I want the magazine. There was such a buzz about everything. And um, I hope to reach out again to the contacts that we made. And just like for you and what Cabaret Diversity Network is, is to continue to be putting materials, interviews, books, book signing, parties, events, um, have more posters, get your books signed. This is important stuff. And when you touch the people who are close to Josephine, you realize how close you are to her life and how the overlap is happening and how the passing of the torch is happening. When you hold a book by someone who was her son or the, the man who created the petition and the dancer who danced in her likeness and supported the petition, you really feel like you're part of a community. And that's what yeah. we are here to create the space for because it there are other actors in the community that are doing this. And to be, to be one more. So when you come to Paris uh, in April, uh, we'll see what's happening then. But of course, uh, we'll stay connected with these events. Uh, and as our presence grows, our website grows, uh, hopefully we'll be adding on some posters or merchandise that you can equip yourself with, you know, the fanfare, <laughs> the representation. It's, it's fun and it's fun to belong to something that easily and brightly a big yes duh duh I'll sign the petition for Josephine Baker yes I'm going to go to the party and get this poster of course like this is about us um Bluebell Miss Bluebell was directly connected in her efforts as well and that's another reflection of why I think Josephine can be a symbol for us all she's like a big umbrella because she's not the only dancer activist woman out there doing spy and the good works. Um, that's, that's, that's the DNA of so many artists and uh, the legacies that we come from and how we exist and why we do what we do. Of course, we have fun and entertain, but there's many more, there's deeper reasons beyond that, that we can all feel together. Also, some people may be hearing this that have never heard about Cabaret Diversity. Is it Cabaret Diversity Network or did you drop yes. the net? That's the full title. So if you can just share a little about what that is, because that actually just makes us feel even more rich that you have started something for a reason and to see it move to this level so quickly. There's so much heart. Like you guys are so smart and so educated on what you do. And it seems like you're searchers. You're always learning. But there has to be the heart and passion to move through, especially with how crazy this last couple of years has been. A lot of people have only enough energy to do exist right now. And, yeah. and, the, and you did this like in, in this time, which also make we've had pause to listen more. And like I've been reading more books, like I've read one of Josephine, uh, one book about her, but I feel like I need to read more because some of it, it focused on one thing. And then, oh, by the way, she was a pilot and a spy and then move on or they don't talk about the cabaret as much so i feel like there's so much to learn i'm gonna mute myself i'm making we we might put a book out there if, if that happens we're gonna do you'll be our first stop on our press tour <laughs> i had muted myself and i was applauding so you didn't hear that that's exciting that's so exciting because i i i want to i want to hear it from a perspective of history but a perspective of now 
of why it matters. So as we wrap up here, I would love for each of you to just share a little, if you're comfortable, of what this has done for you to start Cabaret Diversity Network, but also to move this forward of why Josephine's story matters, why your story matters, and why diversity within Cabaret. Um, we're at this place, again, I think I was prefacing this in COVID because when I started the, the podcast, we have an opportunity to shake things up a little bit, maybe more than we would have if we just kind of had that momentum. This is what we've always done. Things progress, but it feels like people are reevaluating and like, what do we want it to be? And maybe with a little more intentionality. So if you wouldn't mind sharing that as we close out, because I think that's the part I love about you guys is you have a heart behind this. And it's, there's something moving that's really exciting to witness and be a part of. Hillary, please start. <laughs> Gosh, what does it feel like to be part of Cabaret Diversity? It feels like my heart has a chance to be whole. If ever I have an ache in my heart or there's a crack in my heart of like, oh, this doesn't feel right, what's happening in my world right now, my company right now, the processes, it, it, something's not right. I feel participating in Cabaret Diversity and having the events and successes that we've had lately felt like it felt right. It felt like a moment we're able to create the world that we want to be in. Yeah, exactly that. Um, just to <clears throat> complement that, Cover Diversity Network, and it is a true network, that's why the network is important. Um, we're here to celebrate and nourish the legacy of diversity on the stages worldwide. So this is something that ties in with Josephine Baker because Josephine Baker is our sole inspiration, as we have mentioned before. But something about France, what, we, what I also want to tie in what you asked about earlier, why did France embrace Josephine so much? If we go back, because we Cover Diversity did a lot of research, and this is what Cover Diversity is, right? We are here to inform, educate, celebrate, uplift, and showcase all of the beauty and diversity and talented artists out there not excluding anyone. Some people have asked, asked us, okay, so, um, well, I am a, a white French girl. Can I be part of Cabaret Diversity? Yes, of course you can. Anyone and everyone. It's all about inclusion. It's all about who are you and what are you willing to share with the world? And we, if you have something to say, please come and say it on our platform. Um, it's a platform, it's a network. So we are working and collaborating with a lot of different entities. Um, and we started off with history and education. And we have learned so much along the way. And we're still learning every day. Um, and uh, having conversations with young artists, artists that have paved the way. We have done some interviews that are still coming out um, with superstars in the 80s. Uh, and the 90s and, and, and onwards and then start and then you have these current stars 
And it's just so interesting to hear their stories and to give them the opportunity to stare, share their stories on our platform. Um, cover diversity is for everyone. Um, we are very focused on the cabaret world, the cabaret scene, but cabaret has always been um, welcoming stars from all different genres. Uh, so modern dance, classical ballet, it was a place, a safe haven, a place where misfits, but also superstars could come mm. and be part of something bigger than ourselves. Cabaret is future. Cabaret is inclusion. Cabaret is diversity. France, if, we, if you look at the stages, let's say, let's say from the 70s on, you see so much diversity on stage and, and it was so embraced. It doesn't matter. It was the, the odd tall ballerinas were on stage. The, the beautiful dark skinned men, female, Asian. It was anything. It was anything and everything. It was being bisexual being gay being transgender being it did like there were no labels it's just you are you mm. and you were celebrated for just that and then cabaret has lost its way because it became very popular and it became mainstream we had drag queens and we had you know all of these interesting cool performers and then it became a little bit more mainstream and pretty and fashion and everyone had to look the same now we're going into the end of the 90s and the 2000s and it was all like oh we all have to be tall and model-esque um and cover diversity really wants to bring back and highlight and celebrate what cabaret is and was back in the day why it was so special um so yeah, what it means to me, I think I'm a misfit. So I feel right at place uh, <laughs> in, in the cabaret world and um, cover diversity is, I can truly be myself and I hope to invite people that can feel just that, being welcomed and being celebrated and being themselves. And if they don't have the feeling they can be, please come and share with us. And if you want to do something to change that, you are the right place. Come in, in, in and see us. And, and, and um, we are here to build a community, to have those conversations and um, to start being, yeah, you know, the future is now. Let's do it together. I... Well, first, I want to ask people or ask you to share where people can find you. So we will put it in the show notes. But if they're listening to this, like they, there's ways that they can find your work or how to reach out to you or to get education on what you've already put forth. What are the, what are the best ways to find you? So <laughs> everyone can find us on Cover Diversity Network on Instagram, on Facebook. We have our website, www.coverdiversity dot com um and the linkedin yeah. oh there you go <laughs> um they can email us as well on cover diversity um at gmail.com if you have any questions we we get them um occasionally we get we get people that email us and we love it and we will always respond um so yeah there are a lot, lot of ways to 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 get a hold of us don't be shy don't be scared to to follow us and or send us a message we always reach out and we love to do some shout outs and so if 
So if you if you see if you see uh, yourself uh, um, featured on our on our page, like on our story, it's it's a, it's a little shout out that we see you and we and we support you. Um, so yeah, I love your Instagram. I always get excited when I see it pop up there. So I followers because then if you're new to cabaret, you don't know what it is, or you want to dance in Europe and the Europe cabarets. You can literally go on our followers and see like, well, who are these people? Who follows Cabaret Diversity Network? And you can find so many role models and, and uh, professional dancers and students. It's really cool just to look at the follower list and, oh, and who we follow as well or who we showcase on our stories. It's sort of why we, we do that. So that's the fun social part of it. And there's little debates and stuff. There's mm-hmm. um, news clips, but it's mostly just shout outs. It's yeah, beautifully done. And every, I like that when you launched this, you you had it's so professional. So I mean, I'm sure to get everything up and running instead of doing it before it's ready, it's like it came out with this like, oh my gosh, this is legit. This is beautiful. This is something I want to follow, even if I didn't know what it was. I knew it was because from hearing it from you. But if not, I would have come across that and said, I need to follow. So to to end this, I um. Hillary, you said like you were creating the world we want to live in, which I've heard that term used before from young people, but to hear it in the context of cabaret. And then Christopher, were you saying like the, the vision that everyone's included and there's a place that is so interesting of how our world is. Like we've seen the, the necessity of the arts, which has been like artists out of work. And in America, we don't have even the safety nets as there. And it's kind of been told like, we'll just go get another job. And I think think we're understanding maybe more how much we need the arts but to picture it in the context of creating the world that we want to live in coming through arts and cabaret specific that kind of blew my mind of like the capacity that we have to make change has come from the arts like look at and Josephine it always comes back to that how the arts have shaped or when people were just so freaked out about seeing a gay couple together and we use the arts to tell a story in a beautiful way people are no longer like shocked and traumatized as they would think is you hear the stories you see the art portraying it in ways it challenges it pushes it gives hope I don't know that just is so uplifting the humanity of it there's just so many good things that the arts have done and you guys are right in this position in history with for a lot of things happening right now and just like the way that we can reach out to the whole world through like an, an interview with me an interview with you've done so many interviews of how many people you're reaching they wouldn't know this is a possibility. I think the piece of hope is what we're also needing a lot right now because a lot of the world doesn't feel super hopeful. <laughs> we don't even know what the next day is supposed to be. Um, I, I feel like this is just such a beautiful shining light. I was just gonna say, Josephine would be so proud of you, both of you. So um, you're doing the, you've just continued her work in such a way that, you know, you only have this much time in life to do it. And then you're hoping that someone picks up the torch and keeps it moving. And sometimes somebody... You know, the torch is laying down under a bridge and no one knows where it is. And then someone <laughs> picks it up again. Yeah. That was a weird metaphor, but it is interesting to think of there is movement now and it's exciting and we are looking for hope and the arts are powerful. That's excellent. I'm so happy to hear you say that and to pick up on this and to interview us. You're part of the light along the way to quote our mentor, Teresa Ruth Howard. She always says, look for proof that the work is working. When a stage that was all <laughs> one of dancers suddenly has diversity, like four or five, six, like not just one, you know, right. a person of color there, that's 
that's proof that the, the presence of entities and of conversation is working in the moment. As you said, we all, all we have is this moment. Thank you for your inspiration, Sherry. We can't wait mm-hmm. to see what's next for you and to continue supporting you as well. Yeah. And people have been telling me, and I want to say it to you, is keep going, which you guys are on a high right now. But sometimes it's like you hear someone say, this matters, keep going because, you know, you put effort in it and this, you don't know until it's out there what's going on. But you guys are doing beautiful work. Keep going. And when I come to Paris, I don't know what shows are open. I want to have Hannah audition. We have no idea. I just want to be in Paris and feel this, this energy in this life that contributed to my wonderful career coming that comes out of Paris. So um, I'm excited to, to see people in person that I've interviewed and you guys yes. are fabulous. And I know, I just know that um, things are, are moving. I don't know anything. Who can say they know anything? I feel like things are moving and there's, there's this hope for change and it's so needed. And yeah, I'm, I'm glad to know you guys. Oh. Until I see you in a few months. Be well. And- <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye-bye. Uh, wait, how would you say goodbye in French for me? Uh, au revoir. Au revoir. Au revoir. À la prochaine. Oui, à la prochaine. <laughs> I'm getting out my Duolingo right now. <laughs>